0: Good morning. I have a few announcements. And Kennedy, you won't be able to guess them this time. There's oh, a new one. Well, let's see. Oh, yes. Wednesdays, we feed the homeless. Right? It's me again. There you are. There's you. Yeah. Where do you
1: guys There's go? John. We go, that's like the train track. That's our first place we go. And we take water and food from the church. And we, um. Them through really, it
0: takes like a, we walk like the whole train track thing, and they're like all along that. Is it in Denver? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The area is kind of like I twenty five. We're up down I twenty five from like Alameda to. Well, we are mostly down south. The other group goes north, like up around Coors Field. So we're around Alameda, though, for the and most part a lot of homeless people oh yeah quite a few quite a few oh yeah yeah when it gets really hot and really cold so we have been taking well you can see the cooler we have the the big cooler we fill with or the church fills with juice so ice cold juice and then we've we've been taking coolers and putting bottled water in that and cooling it down so they get cold water and cold juice And then in the winter times, we've been taking hot coffee out in the thermoses, in the big thermoses. So in the winter time, we hand out hot coffee. Uh So, yeah. Wednesdays.
1: How come
0: you guys are doing this? Just to help out? Uh, This is a church. There's a church in Denver called His Love Fellowship. They do it. They started off doing like a soup kitchen on Thursdays. But then when COVID started... They couldn't bring people in, in big masses, so we just started carrying the bags. And on the other side of the bag is printed on there, Romans ten nine. That's the gospel message. Um, and then there's usually a, a, a page inside somebody's journal or, or some kind of word of encouragement um, inside the bag, and then the bag's filled with food. So, so when they couldn't do the soup kitchen, we just took the soup kitchen out to them. So, and the the food is needed um, but probably more importantly is the prayer we get to pray with each and every one of them huh? so that's important so just love on them and, yeah so, so Wednesdays we do that yes. this Thursday is the Women's Bible Study 6pm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. August 18th here you yeah. know and then this Saturday is the Men's Bible Study, August 20th, 9 o'clock here at the house. Some of the guys can't make Saturday, so we're thinking about doing Friday night also. So we will probably send that out in the in the email. And then the text, that we'll have it Friday night probably at 6.30. And then again Saturday morning at 9. So I mean, everybody should be able to make it.
1: You're going to do it twice?
0: I think so. So we'll do Friday night, I think at 6:30, and then Saturday at the nine. So they need so, more slapping around. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's usually, that's, how, that's usually how it works, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, some of the guys can't make it on Saturdays now, so, so we had to change it up. Okay. And then, it's it's so, yeah. then yeah. some yeah. like it on Saturdays, so this kind of accommodates everybody. The next use. Oh, that's right. You know that acronym now. Yeah. Good job. To be determined, but probably starting here once we go back to school. Probably the end of August, huh? Sound good? Do it to be continued. To be continued. <laughs> good idea. And then this is the surprise one. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So mark your calendars. October 22nd in Elizabeth is the 5K fun run. Yeah. And if you don't want to run... You could volunteer to work it. You can volunteer to work it. I
1: could walk maybe
0: a mile. They need help with volunteers doing different things. So, so even if you don't want to run it or walk it, you could help volunteer and, and help with the course, um, guide people, encourage people as they're running, um, all of that kind of stuff. So, yes. Did you set this up? No, I did not. I did not. This is on Friday mornings we get together with the other churches in Elizabeth and we pray. And this came from the Reformation Church in Elizabeth. They are the ones that set it up. And the benefit is.
1: Altern- all- yeah, alternatives.
0: Pregnancy Center. Yep. Yeah.
1: Do you guys run in any of this? Do you? So we, he runs. I I'll used run to run, but I have had two knee surgeries. and one knee that's not super awesome. Just two. Just two. I mean, I'm i I'm some more. I would like. Actually,
0: this one's not working. Actually, you've had out. three. because well, I had. Because well, yeah. you have to have
1: the plate put. In the Actually, I've had four. Yeah. So the alternatives is um you know yeah. uh it's a, uh, a pro life center um they give options when people are considering um abortion. So they um, it used to be buses, so to speak, and now they now they have actual centers set up. Um, and my actually one of my our friends from Calgary, she um, works for them now. She started volunteering and she's she's committed to working for them now. But it's they have counseling. They also for both men and women, both, um, and just to give them alternatives rather than abortion, and they also have things set up for, like, diverse formula. That's a whole another that gets into another bracket of it. Mm-hmm. But then we found another one. That Matt might talk i do going to about that.
0: the, uh, save, the stork. save the Stork. Yep. So we've been praying about that.
1: We're
0: working to see if we can fund the time for a stork bus to come out to Elizabeth.
1: Is this local help here, or is this like it's pretty Denver? local? Yeah. There's no.
0: Noticed. The alternatives, the closest one is to us is in Castle, Castle Rock.
1: Rock. So it's a big, it's a nice facility. Like I said, it used to be like like buses. I don't want to explain it. And now, and then there was different areas, small areas, and at the one in Castle Rock is probably their biggest one now. I think
0: yep and then the other thing is yeah we'd be praying about um, we'd like to fund a stork bus to come out to Elizabeth and to, out to Elbert County so and that's um, that's pretty amazing four out of five women who get on a stork bus and have an ultrasound done choose life afterwards and then that percentage is even higher if the male counterparts with them yeah. so so the churches in Elizabeth are We've been through how we can fund that and get that to come out um so yeah and then the other thing that that, that we want to do is is a, a billboard or some kind of sign on a pro-life sign on 86 so it seems to represent our county well so that's the new announcements
1: yeah so if you know anybody that lives <laughs> on <like> 86 <laughs> yeah. and has
0: some land and that would be willing to put up, that a, would sign. Be willing
1: to put up a sign <laughs> So well, the yeah. there. Oh, yeah, yeah there, there is. is. So yeah. uh-huh. the yeah. I saw I you know, right? They switched it to trunks I was like, there's the new one.
0: So and then email updates, hopefully you're all getting them. If you're not, let me know. Um I supposed
1: to actually check it? your spam. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then report that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I to <laughs> Somebody has to hold you down. <laughs> oh, God, so, yes, trust me.
0: And all the email updates are mostly just the prayer requests to put those out, so you can be praying through um, what they are um, and just what's going on, what's coming up, when the next men's study is, when the next women's study is. First and third Saturdays is men's study. First and third Thursdays is women's studies. So, just kind of an email. Once a week, just to let you know what we have going on. So, um, with that, let's pray. Dear Father, I'm thankful so much for the work that you do in each one of our lives. and thankful for the work that you did on the cross, Jesus. That you're willing to forgive each and every one of our sins, no matter what they are, every time we ask you. And that you not only forgive us, but you remove them from our record. That you never hold it over us. And that you love us that much. I'm thankful for... The county that we do have to live in, I'm thankful for our community. I ask you would watch over this community in this county. You would guide the leadership. Um, that They would make the decisions that you've called them to make. I ask you would watch over our state and watch over our nation. That The leaders that are in place, that they would make the decisions that you've called them to make. That you would open their eyes, open their hearts to you. Jesus, I'm so thankful for this country that we do live in just ask that you would bring revival to this county, to this state, to this nation, that we would turn our hearts to you. I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful for the time that we can come together to worship you, to learn more about you, to be encouraged by the work that you're doing in our lives. And just ask you would meet each of us right here, right now. You know what we're going through. You know our thoughts. You know our desires. You know our struggles. That you would meet us where we're at. That you would encourage us. That you would speak to us. In a way that only you can. It's in Jesus' name I pray all these things. Amen. Amen. So this morning we're going to be in Romans chapter 8. Starting in verse 1. So, I would say this is somewhat of a famous verse. Romans 8 1. We're going to read this verse in the New King James Version. And the reason is, the other translations, the the New American Bible, the uh, New Living Translation, don't have all of the verse. When I go back and I look, you look it up in the Greek, this is the the whole verse. And I think it's important. Um, So, that's why we kind of bounce around from translation to translation What's the the most accurate to what did the original text say? And this is the most accurate one. So, So we'll start here. And this is a big verse. This is important. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And that last part, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, that's the, the part that the new, uh, the new King James has. That's the, the part that the original text shows, but some of the other translations don't have it. And why, I don't know. But I do know that God doesn't leave us without it. That when we press into him, when we seek him, when we um, get deeper into his word, he makes this all clear to us. Now, I think this is important, and we'll get into this here a little bit further, as to why this is, but... So there's no condemnation, there's no eternal judgment. Condemnation is a guilty verdict. And while we're guilty, we're gonna go before God with a pardon. He's given us a pardon, that pardon is Jesus. But there's no condemnation, there's no guilty verdict with the penalty of death. That, that's not what takes place for those who are in Christ, for those who believe in Jesus. And for those who walk according to the flesh, uh, not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And that's important and I think it's important because if we go through our lives and we say we're a Christian, we believe in Jesus, but our lives don't reflect that. We're walking according to the flesh, doing fleshly, worldly things. You'd have to question, are you really a believer? And that's why I think it's very important in that last part of the verse that we read through that. So, so that's why we jump over. Another verse, and we'll get to this one next week, but I did want to bring it up, because there's, there's contingencies. Um, there's promises God makes for those who are in Christ, for those who are believers. And Romans 8.28 is another one. and I find it encouraging. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So God is working all things together for the good. So that means that not everything is going to be good in our lives to begin with. Otherwise, he wouldn't have to work it for good. So we're going to have struggles, but we, not everyone in the world, but we as believers can take courage that he's working it for the good when we believe in him. The second part of the verse is important. Some people just want to quote the first part. He's, God's working everything for good. Not true. He's working everything for good in the believer's lives, right? So the rest of the world doesn't have that. There's bad things that happen to, to the rest of the world. But God isn't necessarily working those bad things for good. But the bad things that happen in a believer's life, he is working those for good. So there's no condemnation in Christ. There's no judgment. There's no death penalty for us as believers. And that we also have the promise that as believers, he's working the bad things in our life for good. And this is where the faith comes in. It's the faith. Do we believe this? When we go through the hard times, when we go through the struggles, do we believe that he's really going to work this for good somehow, some way? Both the big things and the small things. You know when we're at the airport and we miss a flight because the last flight took off late and now we're delayed are we upset are we you know or do we see that god's working this for good and then most of the time there's an opportunity there an opportunity to to be a light and a witness to someone maybe not necessarily to share the gospel with someone but to give that smiling face to to be that representation that god has called us to be and do we see that or do we get too absorbed in what's going on with our lives and how I've been wronged, and this is unfair to me and so that's, that's where our faith comes in and that's where it's a, a, a chance for our faith to grow when these tough times come in. but the rest of Romans 8:1 or rest of Romans eight here, the first half that we're going to go through is Paul and he's, he's going to hit more on walking not in the flesh but in the spirit and how important that is so uh, would Before we get into that, though, I do want to jump over to Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 19. Paul also writes Galatians, and he makes it kind of clear what are some of the examples of walking in the flesh versus some examples of walking in the spirit. And we went over this last week, too, but I think it's important to bring it up again. Because... The first step in being made right with God is admitting that we are, we are sinners, that we've sinned, um, and to identify that, to confess that, and then to ask for forgiveness, and then repentance takes place. And that repentance is turning away from what we used to do and living a new life. And that's really what Paul's saying with this, are we living by the flesh, or are we living by the Spirit? So Galatians 5, starting here in verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these, let me tell you again, as I have before. That anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's a pretty bold statement there. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So Paul's contrasted this. He's made it very clear to us. This helps us to identify when he's talking about living by the flesh, he's identified many things and other sins that are living by the flesh. And here he lets us know what does it mean to live by the spirit, and that the spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Those are the fruits of the spirit, right? The fruits of our lives, that's what should be coming out of our lives. We confess to be believers. We believe in Jesus. We're dead to the power of sin. We've been over that. Paul's led us up to that point, that sin has no more power over us when we ask Jesus into our lives, that that sin and death were defeated on the cross, that the the rulers and the principalities, the the evil forces at work were defeated on the cross, that the reason that our sins can be forgiven and taken away, removed from the record, is because they were nailed to the cross. Both all of our sins before Jesus before we ask Jesus into our lives, our sins, after we've asked Jesus into our lives, all of them. He knew all, every sin, and he took them all out on the cross. And that's why we can be forgiven and that they can be removed from our record. And we've been over that, that God removes it from our record, that he takes it away. We see that um, back in chapter four when Paul was talking about the faithfulness of Abraham. But then when we went back in the Old Testament when we read that he laughed at God, that he didn't, really believed god would do it that he was going to help god out well god let isaac or um, i'm sorry let ishmael be the the son of the promise and god said no you'll have a son of the promise through sarah so abraham didn't believe but in the new testament we don't read that because i would say that abraham asked god to forgive him for that sin of unbelief and that jesus took that sin out on the cross and that sin was wiped away not held not ever recorded for For Abraham again in the New Testament. So God is just making what his word says true. And we see that. So he truly does remove it from our record. Okay, we'll go back to to Romans chapter 8. So Romans chapter 8, continuing on here in verse 2. For the law of the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was, through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. I want to quickly jump over to, to 2 Corinthians 3 4 and expand on this just a little bit. And you know, you can flip there if you want, but we're going to go right back to, to Romans. Second Corinthians 3 4. So we are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own, our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the spirit gives life. So this is just another further contrast. Our old covenant, our old sinful nature is dead. The law showed us how much we needed Jesus. That's what the law does and grace shows us how amazing God is, that he doesn't punish us for our sins, that he forgives us, but grace takes it one step further. He rewards us, and we're about to get into that, what that reward is. But that we, we're we not qualified to do any of this on our own. This is all from God. The work is all, God has done all the work. We just have to step into it. We have to believe God at his word, that when he says that sin has no power over us, that it's our choice. We can either live in the spirit or we can live in the flesh. But that's a choice that we get to make. It's not out of our control. You maybe could have made that excuse before Jesus came into your life, but now there is no excuse no more. The power of sin has been broken. If we're choosing to sin, we're doing it willingly. We're being led away. We've been over this, you know, before you have the picture of, of us Shackling ourselves to the sin, we chose to shackle ourselves, but now we're enslaved to it, our lives before Jesus. You want to get away from it, but you really can't. After we've asked Jesus into our lives, the chains are gone. They're no longer there, but we, at times, willingly walk in that sin, acting like we're still shackled, but we're not. It's our choice. So so that's the important part here, and that by the power of God, by his qualifications, by... The work that he's done, by the spirit that he's given us, sin has no power over us. And if we choose to sin, it's our own willing choice, not bonded anymore. So so back to Romans 8, verse 4. So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who are in accord with the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are in accord with the spirit, the things of the spirit. So we went over that. When, when we want to walk in the flesh, we produce those fleshly things. That's what Paul showed us. All the sinful desires. But when we want to walk in the spirit, our lives should produce the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace. And I... I think there's no, um, no mistaking that the very first fruit of the Spirit is love and that that's what we should produce. And the love, we've been over this, love is a choice. Love is not a feeling. The agape love that God talks about so many times in the Bible is a self-sacrificing love. And the perfect example of that self-sacrificing love is Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. That he willingly went to the cross to lay down his life for us. There's no greater love than that. So that's the example we have. So the example we have is to choose to love, to lay down our own desires, to pick up our cross, to follow Jesus, to love our wives, to love our husbands, to love our children, to love our enemies. And you think of loving your enemy, um, I think the best way to think of it is, is you're at a a gathering or a party, and one of your friends walks in, and, and what do you do when your friend walks in, you're excited, you want to go over and you say hi, and you give him a hug, and and shake their hand or whatever it is you do you greet them now your enemy walks into the party and what do you do well i just won't talk to them i'll avoid them well that's not what god says god says to love your enemy you show the love to your friend or you're willing to walk up to your enemy with that same excitement enthusiasm and give that hug that love that shaking the hand i'm glad to see you that's the kind of mentality that we have to get to and and on our own impossible but with god everything is possible That's what he's calling us to do. He's calling us to get to that point. To get to that point where we love everyone. Everyone around us. So, Romans 8, verse 6. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So when we set our minds on the flesh, it leads to death. When we set our minds on the spirit, it leads to life and peace. That's an important one. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God. For it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So we're going to jump over to Galatians 6.8. eight. Um, and take a look at this a little bit deeper. But the choice is, again, ours. We can choose to, to walk in the flesh, to, to deny God, um, and that leads to death. Or we can choose to walk in the Spirit that leads to life, and it leads to peace. So we're called to be peaceable with everything within us, which is not easy to do, especially when we're talking about our enemies, people that have come against us, people that have wronged us, um, are we willing to forgive? And are we willing to forgive in the same example that God forgives? And that is not to bring it up again, not to hold it over their heads. That's how God forgives us. We ask for forgiveness, he forgives, he wipes the record clean, doesn't bring it up again or hold it over our heads. Are we really willing to do the same thing? And that's extremely tough. And that's, again, another one of those things, humanly speaking, probably impossible. But with God, everything is possible. You know, if I forgive Shannon, or if Shan forgives me, well, if she makes me mad enough, am I probably going to bring that up again? There's a good chance that whatever it is I've forgiven for, I'll bring up again, you know, because I haven't truly forgiven. And that's the, the part that we need to learn. That true forgiveness is not bringing it up again, letting it go. And then when those thoughts come in our minds, those attacks from the enemy that, oh, remember this, remember that. No, no, no. That's not what I'm told to do. I'm told to let it go, to remove, it. to not walk in the flesh, but walk in the spirit that brings life and peace. So Galatians chapter six, verse eight, for the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. Let's not become discouraged for doing good. In due time, we will reap if we do not become weary. So then, while we have the opportunity, let's do good to all people and especially to those who are in the household of faith. So we're called to do good to all people, especially those who are believers, but to all people. And that the, the choice is ours. We can choose to reap. Sow in the flesh and we'll reap in the flesh. We'll reap that um that sinfulness that um, separation from god or we can choose to sow in the spirit and reap um, the good things that god has in store for us doesn't mean that all things will be good we went over that in the beginning that he's going to work it to good so it's not all good but that he will he will work it for our good and that's what we'll reap we'll reap his goodness The goodness that he has for our lives. He has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. He created us just the way he did to be used by him. And it's our choice whether we choose to be used by him or not. We're going to jump to James chapter 2. And this would be a good section. If you don't already have this highlighted in your Bible, um, this would be a good one to have highlighted. This would be a good area to have um, noted. We want to talk through this just a little bit, expanding on this, this idea of of sowing to the flesh or sowing to the spirit. And when we're sowing to the spirit, we should be doing good works. And not good works because we think they're good, but good works because God has called us to them. And coming to mind, this is not a verse that we'll go over, but in Ephesians, God tells us that He set up all these good works for us from the beginning. That He knew exactly how this would all play out. And the good works that he has for us to walk into, he's already set up. And it's our choice to walk into them or not. And it's not easy. And I would say to you, your flesh, when these good works that God has set up for you from the beginning, your flesh is almost instantly going to say, oh, no, you can't do that. You'll have an excuse as to why. And I would encourage you, that's what Paul is saying here. This is the argument that he's trying to, to lay out in front of us. The choice is ours. God has set up the good things for us to do. Are we going to walk in those, or are we going to believe the flesh? No, I can't do that. I have an excuse, whatever it is. And I would say, press into the, into the spirit, and leave the flesh behind. So James chapter 2, verse 18. Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe there is one God? Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish! Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? So Paul has made it clear up to this point that we are saved by faith. And that is true. Absolutely true. Faith and faith alone. And James is not contradicting that by any means. James is emphasizing that and expanding on that. That you have faith. You believe in God. That's great. But if your faith doesn't result in good works and good deeds in a changed life, can you really say that you have faith? That you really are a believer? And that's kind of how Paul started out in the beginning of of Romans 8 here. And and James expands on it and and takes it to another level. Um, And I just want to make it clear that we are not saved by good works by any means. We're saved by faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, that he's willing to take away all of our sins. That's the faith that saves us, that he is king, he is God. But once we have that faith, once we've lived this sinful life, and now we've turned around in repentance, and we're living the opposite life. We've done a 180, and we're walking with Jesus. This should be the what we have. We should have good works. The good works that God tells us in Ephesians, he set up for us from the beginning, long ago. And he planned for us to step into this. And it's our choice to step into it or not. So, We'll go back to Romans, Romans 8. And it is a battle. It's a battle of the mind. Will I sow to the flesh today? Will I sow to the flesh in this decision? Or will I sow to the spirit? God's called me to this. God's called me to this good work. Will I step out in faith and follow him, or will I stand back, hold back, because the flesh has me scared? So Romans 8, verse 9. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, through the, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. So we went over this last week, that when we become believers, we are saved. When we become believers, God sends his Spirit into us, right then and there. No waiting period, no delay. Instantly, God sends us his Spirit to guide us in righteousness, to guide us in truth. continue on here in verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So God raised Jesus from the dead. God gave us his spirit. And when we have his spirit, when we believe in Jesus, God gives us life, that eternal life that he promised us from the beginning. Continue on here in verse twelve. So then, brothers and sisters, we are under obligate. We are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if we are living according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So here again, he's making it clear, we're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer shackled to this sin. We've been set free from that. And the choice is ours. The choice is ours to to live in the flesh or to live in the spirit, to do the things of the world or to do the things of God. And once we've received that spirit, we are his sons and daughters. So now we're his children, we're God's children. And by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, I've heard it taught that this Abba would be better translated Daddy. Um, it's definitely not translated Father. And I think it's tough for us in the English to, to comprehend this. Um, Father sounds very formal. You know, who goes around, hello, Father, how are you? You know, that that sounds very formal. And you see Father many times, but here you see Abba, Father. Um, and the... I think the best way to explain it is that this Abba is a very intimate, very close, um, like it, like Dad, or, or like Daddy. Um, and the Father, is, is, it's two separate words. You have this very close calling to God as, as your heavenly Dad. And then you still have the reverence of Father. And I want to take a look. Jesus cried out and prayed this way. Um, and I want to take a look at where he did that. And that's in Mark chapter 14, verse 34. So Jesus is, is praying, his hour is about to come um, and he knows what's about to take place, and, and he's struggling with that, just as we struggle. Um, and, and what does he do? He's crying out to his father. So here Mark chapter 14, verse 34. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began praying that if it were possible, the hour might pass him by. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. So Jesus, when he is is deeply troubled by what he's about to face, and he's asking God, God, if it's possible, take this cup away from me, but not not my will, your will. He's deeply troubled, and here you see this example of him crying out, "Abba, Father." Two separate words, um, and I would say to you, the the Abba is this very intimate, close um, dad or, or daddy, but even that's not uh, a great translation. It's it's a deeper um, intimacy or closeness than that and father is, is the respectful term, is the, the reverent term, you know dad if it's any way possible take this cup away from me but as the sovereign God, your will be done, not mine so that's kind of the example that Jesus gives us if that makes sense but this, what this Abba, father, this very close relationship with God our father and that when we have the spirit in us that's the the relationship that we also are able to have uh, with God, our Father, that he cares deeply for us, that he loves us, that he cares about everything that we're going through, that there's nothing too small for him, and there's also nothing too big for him to handle. So, So we'll go back to Romans chapter 16. So Romans 8.16 The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God and if children heirs also heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. So now we're children of God we're heirs of God we're fellow heirs with Christ. And I want to expand on that and take a look at what does that really mean to be an heir of God. Um, what does that look like? What does that um, mean for us? So, the the first place, we're going to go to a few verses here. We'll go through them somewhat quickly, but the first place we're going to go to is Galatians 3.16. And if you miss a verse, if, if for some reason i go too fast at any point um, all the slides are on the email that we send out there's a link the, for the files for the, the audio and then also for all the slides so if you ever miss a slide or, or want to go back to something you can always open up that email and click on the link at the bottom and it'll take you to the folders for each week and and all the slides are in there so you can see them all if i ever go too fast or or something to that like that so Galatians 3.16, I thought about reading all of this, but that seemed like a little much. So we'll just pick out a few verses here um, to kind of emphasize what Paul's speaking about. So Galatians 3.16, now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Um, He does not say, and to seeds, as one would in referring to many, but rather in referring to one. And to your seed, that is Jesus Christ. That is Christ. So so the seed, this is important, I think. We've been over this in Genesis chapter 3. When he's talking to the, the woman after, after they've sinned. And he says that your seed will be at enmity with the serpent's seed. Right? Will be a war. And women don't have seed. Right? So... He's, in Genesis chapter 3 he's speaking of the virgin birth he's speaking of Jesus to come and here in Galatians he absolutely makes it clear that it's a singular term seed and that it's the promise of God so, so one of the promises that we have is the promise that God will send his son into this world to die to take away our sins that God had already determined that before he created the world so then in verse 29 and if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. And the promise is that that Abraham and his seed, so the promise right now that we're looking at is that the Messiah would come through Abraham, right? And that's the promise, the promise of Jesus, that the heirs that we have, We've been over this. Jesus is the first fruits. He was the first one to rise to heaven. He was the first one to ascend. He set the captives free. We went over the, um, Abraham's bosom, the, the place of the dead. There's two compartments, um, one for the righteous dead and one for the unrighteous dead. And when Jesus died, they went to paradise, also known as Abraham's bosom. And that's where the thief on the cross went with him. And that, uh, that after Jesus died and, and was there that he ascended into heaven. He had met Mary and said, don't cling to me, I haven't ascended to my father yet. But his ascension took place and that he was the first one to go into heaven, the first fruits, and that he set the captives free that were in the compartment of Abraham's bosom, that he set those free. So that's the promise that we have, the, the promise of, of eternal life, the promise of paradise with God. And God made that clear through Abraham, through his seed that promise that the Messiah would come through his line. So we're heirs to that. We're heirs to, to receiving that first the the fruits that, that Christ was the first fruits of, the first one to ascend to heaven, we're heirs into heaven. But if it doesn't stop there. We're gonna jump over to Galatians four four. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. Because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So again, we're told we have this this spirit, of of God is sent into us when we receive his son and that at that point we're sons and daughters we're God's children that we have this deep relationship with God, this Abba Father relationship and that we're no longer slaves to sin but we are heirs through God Um, and the final place that we'll go to take a look at this heirs is Hebrews one. So Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. So his son, who through him, through Jesus, God made the world, he appointed heir of all things. So what are we heirs of, co-heirs of, fellow heirs with Jesus of? Of all things, of all the the goodness. We're heirs in salvation, heirs in eternal life, heirs in paradise, and heirs in all the good things that Jesus has, that he shares those with us. And that's a huge promise, um, that (laughs) not only are we guilty of sin, he shows us mercy by not convicting us But then he shows us grace by taking it even further and giving us what we don't deserve. We definitely don't deserve eternity. We've done nothing to deserve that. Nothing to deserve his love. Nothing to be considered his children. And nothing to be heirs. But he's given it to us because he loves us. Because he loves us that much. That he gave his son to this whole world. That we might believe in him. And be made right with God. And that's what Paul's encouraging us to do here. Is to choose to walk in the Spirit, to choose to walk in the things that God has set up for us, and not to the flesh, not to our selfishness, not to our own desires. And it keeps it all comes back to denying ourselves, picking up our cross, and following Jesus. And that's what it is. And it's a daily thing. It's an hourly thing. It's a minute-by-minute thing. God, help me to deny myself, pick up my cross, and follow you. God, help me to deny myself, love my wife, love my children, and follow you. God, help me to deny myself, love my enemies, truly love my enemies, and follow you. And it's not easy, but with God, all things are possible. And that is it. Do we have any questions? Prayer requests? any other prayer requests
1: we have a oh, critter in the critter, attic. I'm just praying it's not like, you know, eating the walls Or wires or something weird. <laughs> I am being serious. Like, yeah. I'm thinking... Oh,
0: you're right. We had a critter that showed up in the middle of the night, Friday night in the attic. and
1: Yeah. Nobody's, I don't know. Uh, an opening. That's what I'm saying. We have an opening. So just, I'm frank, like, seriously, I am like... I mean, it's not like a big like something having to do with our roof or venting or yeah. No. So maybe you got in a long time ago.
0: There's know. somebody coming out tomorrow. Yeah. We'll see so what they say.
1: Gathering. it's not nothing. We used to have a cat sitting all the way and downstairs. To the Can your dog smell anymore? I'm go my okay serious? Yeah, he used to, yeah, he used to, he was a fat boy too, he used to sit there and stare at the wall. I'd call my daughter and say, Anna, your cat's driving everybody nuts. He's staring at the but wall. But he knew something was in there. <laughs> the <hair>. Yeah. <laughs> and so we poisoned him. Honestly, we've never, yeah, never had problems, but I'm just praying it's like an easy fix, let's just say. Hope well, there's not squirrel. Our neighbor across the street had five raccoons in his house. They just the upstairs room. Mm-hmm. They went They dug through the wall, got in, and had a grand old time in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll know if it's raccoons. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll chitter at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- I know that sounds crazy, but I was, it was, I was, we was like slept it. in a different room last night so I'm like, I, I don't even want listen. But okay, you let the dogs in when if it's a raccoon, the dogs will love, they'll you'll know because they. They
0: Minka They'll hear them, they'll, they'll go off. Minka noticed it. So, so. Minka noticed she's got the big ears. She, she noticed the know, last she, night. She's a she's
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's she that his dog, I, yeah. She survived. Yeah. 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 Alright. Okay. Um, well
0: if let's He's fine. He's okay. fine.
1: Oh, yeah, it's late, you gotta go.
0: Right. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you for this time to come together to learn more about you, about your word, about your love for us. I just ask that you would give each one of us a a strength and courage to trust in you, to walk with you, to believe you at your word, that sin has no more power over us, that we can choose to walk in the spirit, to walk um, in a way that is the light and the witness to those around us, walking in the Spirit, bringing life um, to us. Uh, I just ask you would give us the, your words to speak this week and the people that we meet, that we would be loving and compassionate and caring for everyone that's around us, um, and that we would speak life and truth to them, life and truth about your son Jesus, about his finished work on the cross. Lord, I ask you would watch over and bring healing to Matt's knees, you would bring healing and comfort um, and guide guidance for tim that you would bring comfort to austin and joey and chris that you would um, pray for patience and wisdom and strength for cherry and for all the family that you would guide them as they're going through everything that's going on with their mom the lord i ask you to bring peace to david that you would bring healing to christina's heart that you would guide the doctors in the treatment that they prescribe. You bring healing to Tyler's shoulder, bring healing to Rodney's back. You would bring um, healing to Leslie's eyes. You would guide the doctors in how they decide to move forward. Guide their hands in the procedures, guide their minds in the the thought process of of how that takes place. Continue to bring healing for Sparky. We're thankful for the healing you've brought. You bring healing to Bonnie wisdom for the doctors and and guidance on, on how to move forward that we would we pray that you would bring guidance um, for the, the PTSD and the EMDR counseling, that you would bring patience, that you would bring wisdom, um, that you would bring perseverance to all those who are, are going through that counseling. Um, we pray for Kate's procedure, that you would guide that, guide the doctors. I ask for prayer for my back, that you would bring healing to it. Um, and give us just the right words to speak this week Incur- words of encouragement and love um, to those around us I ask you to watch over the Elizabeth Police Department, the Elbert County Sheriff's Department, and the other departments around that you would protect them both physically that you would protect them spiritually um, that you would watch over their families Lord the, the toll that has taken place, the spiritual battle that they're on the front lines of, that you would protect them Lord I ask you would Guide us in a, a church to, to come alongside in, in the Uganda, um, South Sudan area. And Lord, I ask you would guide us um, in the run, the fun run to, to support alternatives. Guide us in, in bringing a stored bus to Elbert County to the Elizabeth area. Um, just guide us on all the things that that you want us to do. Open the doors you want us to walk through and close the ones you don't. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray all these things. Amen. Yeah. Let's sing one more song.